your hair, it, it is defying gravity, much like Adina Menzel in Wicked. Uh, oh, I feel like that, that that might be the most laurelist thing of this that, episode. That, no, that wasn't too bad. I, as as right off the it, bat. Well, no, as soon as you said it, I thought I was like, oh, like Wicked. Like I said, I, I thought it before you said it. Did you? Did it's, you now? I did. I haven't seen Wicked, but like I know enough about it. Oh, it is the Broadway show I've seen the I've seen the most. I've seen it three <laughs> or four times, I think. It I, I it's a little shocking I haven't seen it because I'm such a big Wizard of Oz fan. Mm. But I think one, it's just I just don't see a lot of plays. I just don't. And especially big ones because I feel like it's like if I miss it's like it's hard for me to get it's like a movie that it's hard for me to get to go see. It's like, okay, I really want to go see Top Gun, but man, it's really hard to find. You have to go to one specific theater to see it, and instead I'll go see this other one, and instead of uh, Tom Cruise, it's like Sam Rockwell. Like It's like a whole new cast if I don't see it. Mm-hmm. And that's just weird to me. It's, it's, it's kind of the weird thing with theater with me. And that's why, as we talked uh, last time, I that's what I really enjoyed about Hamilton, was it was the, the top-tier cast, and it was filmed not like a movie it was just uh here's a camera let's show the play and i wish they did that with wicked i'm sure they did and i can find it somewhere i just haven't i don't i don't think that they have i don't think they've done any sort of like uh filming of any of the performances of wicked i'm i'm also like i said a big fan of like the original series of wizard of oz books and i think it's like a completely new take not completely but very new take on it and i'm sure it, i'd just it is, be like is oh, excuse t- me um, no, so it's told just from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, like, really, the end of the... It's, like, the tagline of the musical, I think maybe even of the book, Wicked, is, like, so much happened before Dorothy got to Oz, and that's really what it is. I it's, like, the childhood the and, and, and teenage... I don't recommend the book. I oh, tried. Really? I got I got halfway through. I didn't care for it. Um, the musical does a lot better job, I think, of, like, uh, the plot of the book and cuts things that don't need to be cut and, I mean, cuts things that need to be cut and combines some characters, like most book-to-screen or stage adaptations do. Mm. But, um, yeah. Um, Can we... I I just got a voicemail from my dad. I don't know how I, like, didn't hear how my phone didn't ring, but um, do you mind if I listen to it really quick? Sure. I'm just going to text him that we're recording. Do you want to put him on the show real quick? (laughs) (sighs) Recording episode of Craniacs. We'll call you after. Okay. Um, I so I, I don't I, I don't I don't recommend the book Wicked. I I think I mean the musical I think is it's wonderful. I think it's a crowd pleaser. I think it's a very accessible musical. If, if like you said, you're somebody who I mean you like musicals, you just don't see them very much. Is that isn't that the case, or do you not like musicals really? It depends. I'm weird about. A lot of things we know, but yes. uh, I, I don't know. I still have yet to really find a good way to understand what I don't like about musicals or musical numbers. Like, like when someone tells me a joke, I know how to laugh. And like when I'm enjoying a movie, I like it. It's the same reason I don't like when people go here, watch this video and they sit there and watch you do it. That's kind of my thing with live theater is I feel like I'm beat. Like it obviously like in a big production, it doesn't matter as much. But, like, if I go see someone's play, I want to, like, sit in the back and not be seen because I don't want someone to, like, look at my face and I've made a weird face and they're like, oh, they don't like... Like, I don't know. It's a very weird psychological thing I have and I don't haven't quite found a good way how to verbalize it yet. So what I'm hearing is you need to go see a musical, but you need to have really bad seats so that the actors mm-hmm. can't see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and which opera I think glasses. Is, 
which I think is, um, yeah, I think that's, that's totally doable. Also, I don't know how to tell you this. They don't care what your reaction is. Like there's so, especially if you're at like the Fair Park Music Hall in Dallas, which is enormous. Like there's so many people there. They are not thinking about you, sir, in, you know. (laughs) You say that, but I have seen so many, I've heard so many podcasts where they interview actors, comedians, wrestlers, and they always talk about, I just want that one person who's not laughing or that one person. They always talk about like, and it's it's a similar like psychological thing they're trying to get over, but they're like, oh, there's that one person in the crowd who I need to make laugh. And I'm like, I don't want to, like, I don't know why that's weirdly stress on me. Yeah, because if anything, you're giving them a reason to perform. I guess. Like, I, it's, it's like if you were laughing from the beginning, like they could be like, well, I can just quit and go home now. It's also why like, I don't like meeting famous people because I don't want to do something to where they're like, oh, that guy was a, a jerk or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I, I don't know this how is, to describe it. Um, I think there's a lot more to unpack here, but I don't know if we – I think it just might take too long. Um, I do like want to unpack some of this, but I feel like then we'd be getting into like – Laurel holds a therapy session and is like, let's talk about attention on you and why that makes you uncomfortable. It's weird when it's, here's the thing. When it's attention on me, like you're asking me to do something, it doesn't bother me. When you're asking me to react to something, that's more, I would rather get up in front of people and like read a soliloquy than you go, I would like to read you my soliloquy. I'm like, (laughs) no, I don't like, I don't want to give feedback because I feel like, I can't lie, so if there's something that bothers me, I have to tell you about it, and I don't want to ruin whatever art you're working on or, like, make you feel weird. I don't know. Like I said, there's a ton to unpack in this one thing, and I mm-hmm. don't know where to even start with it. Which which I don't think we necessarily should. I think maybe we need to just have an entire episode where it's just, like, unpacking <laughs> we that. We don't even talk about it. Ep- uh, talk about uh, yeah. Just... Or we talk about this vaguely enough to where people think it might be an episode of Frasier, and then at the end we're like, it was all in Ryan's head. <laughs> it's like, you know, what the, the finale of Newhart when he wakes up. Wait, first of all, have you seen Newhart or the Bob Newhart I, show? I mean, I know, I know the end of Newhart, yeah. Okay, in a new heart where yeah. it's set in that lodge in Vermont, and when he and then it's him waking up and he's in the Bob Newhart show next to his wife in that show. Yeah, the thing was a dream. That's what I feel like that this should be. But um, wow, hey, speaking of the whole thing was a dream. I think being a dream. <laughs> Let's get into this because I have I I will say this were two fairly unpleasant episodes for me. <laughs> okay, these were two episodes that um, I remembered beats of but i did not remember in totality so um let's go ahead and get started we're on oh first of all hello seattle i'm ryan seattle (laughs) Uh, i'm laurel and we're the craniacs we get together and we talk about my psychological issues and also the tv show frasier uh laurel is a, a, a veteran to the tv show frasier but a newbie to all of my personal issues i am a newbie to frasier but a veteran to all of my problems and psychological uh, hangups. <laughs> so today we are. And talk- that's all we're gonna say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, today we are I- on season six, episode eleven, "The Good Samaritan." Uh, according to IMDb, Fraser has become fed up with the way the modern world treats Good Samaritans. Driving home one night, antis- uh, driving home one night, anticipating his son's Freddy's visit, he stops to help a woman stuck in the rain and discovers that she is a prostitute. <laughs> What a weird... Okay, so... That... that, Yeah, that's an an interesting synopsis. Uh, I liked how this one started out. uh Uh-huh. Did this one not remind you of, like... Oh, you have a lot of notes. Yes. 
That's did just this, one... this episode. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, did this one not remind you of like season three Frasier? It was very heavy on being at the radio station. It was like heavy on Frasier's Frasier like being turned cynical by something. It reminded me a lot of the episode where his wallet gets stolen or his briefcase mm. gets stolen with his wallet in it where like one like, it's like calamity after calamity happens. Is that the the Christmas episode where he keeps going back to the diner? No, that this is the one where Nathan Lane is in it and he steals Frasier's briefcase oh, at right, Nervosa right, right, right. and then like picks up his suit at the dry cleaners and steals his car because his car keys were in it and steals his wallet. Right. And, do you remember the, yeah. the Christmas episode I'm talking about where he keeps coming yes. back in and asking for handouts? <laughs> where he's like, yes. my car, my BMW has been towed away. Um, um, yes. My first note on the, Well, so yes, I agree with you. I also think it's interesting that in these two episodes, we seem to have a return to guest callers. I wrote that down. Like the number of exclamation points I have next to the first caller, Steven, is like yes. it's it's not insignificant. Um, also, they clearly have heard us talking about the fact that you know we that we think Fraser is a bad dad for not seeing Frederick that much because Frederick is here to visit for his birthday. Well, not only that, but this is a whole episode about Fraser making a good decision as a dad at the end. It's, yes. it's it's a well in a kind of he do, he gets to be a good dad without actually being a good dad because it was all in his head. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. spoiler alert! But yes, I Frederick is back. Uh, it's exciting to see Frederick too. I actually am starting to wish that Frederick was on this show more. It's because the kid's getting older and is actually a decent actor. Yeah, I I, I just I I thought he was good. Um, I, I there's a lot of stuff I wrote in here about the Niles and Frederick uh, rivalry that I also think yes. would be a funny bit to have on this show more. Uh, well, it's funny that you say that because you used to think find that creepy. It's still a little creepy, and I wrote this whole thing about how I did want to say it also is making Daphne is pretty much just an object on this show at this point. Like, her whole characterization at this point is like the object of desire, and it's starting it's to become strange. very annoying. <laughs> she hasn't had a plot line in a while. You're right. right. Like, she, we haven't had Natalie, Natalie, Daphne going on a date we haven't had like anything about you know like where there was a whole plot line of Fraser snuck into her room at one point and she caught him like she's just kind of been there as like kind of wallpaper lately. The, the character's treading water until we figure out what's going on with her and Niles. Um. Well, you know, may, may, maybe. Um, we had we had a new listener pop up on Twitter and say how excited he was for all like my predictions. <laughs> um. So. So Fraser starts out, uh, he finds a wallet at Nervosa, and when he goes to turn it in at the counter, the guy who whose wallet it is happens to come in and sees Fraser with it and accuses Fraser of stealing the seven dollars that were inside the wallet. Yeah, what a uh, jerk. I, I know. And also, this is like one thing that like I've never known anybody who's had a wallet returned to them with the cash still inside. Like, it's almost, I mean, obviously your, your credit cards will be there or like, and you know, your IDs and stuff, but like, I've never known anybody that had cash in their wallet when it was stolen and, like, and the cash is in there when it's, I'm like, you should just be happy you got your wallet back. I'm, this isn't me saying that the, the, our family is in dire straits or anything, but I'm trying to remember the last time I had cash in my wallet. No, no same. I have a $5 bill in my wallet right now. And I, I, I this is one thing that Clark really gets bug, bothers him is when people don't carry cash. He's like, you should always just have like 20 bucks on you. And it's more when we were in DC, before all the cabs of DC took credit cards because they used to mm-hmm. not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't go out a lot in the pandemic right now where I yeah. need 
cash. Well, um, we got out about two hundred dollars in cash, like back when it first started, and everybody was kind of doing that milk and milk and bread thing of like we have to prepare oh, and, and toilet paper. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we got that because we're like we don't know. There was a. I remember. God, it's it's months ago. Like I'm remembering uh-huh. back to the beginning of this stupid thing, and there was a big part of it where I remember being like, I we have to be very prepared. Like I got all my. Uh, prescriptions because i didn't know the next time I, i'd be able to get insulin i mm-hmm. think we got cash because i was like well, what if something of credit collapses <laughs> like it was like i was like really thinking of like stuff I mean, it was just a couple days where i thought like that and we got it and i think we still have cash from it you know mostly it's just gone towards the you know neighborhood kid who mows our lawn yeah yeah and- it's funny that you that you talk about having cash for an emergency if, if, if anybody has watched the miniseries dirty john um which is true crime um okay. i was like no it, uh, it was a podcast called dirty john which is true crime and oh, then right, they kind of right. dramatized the podcast um into a miniseries with uh connie Britton and eric bonna but connie Britton's character is very wealthy and has started this business and does really well for herself and at one point she talks about having money in the house for emergencies and it's like forty thousand dollars whoa she's like you know, in case she's like, in case there's an earthquake or because they live in California, she's like, in case there's an earthquake or something, I'm thinking, oh, like maybe fifteen hundred dollars, like you need to rent a hotel for a few nights or something. And she's like, and he's like, Well, how much money are we talking? And she's like, I don't know, forty thousand dollars. I was think like, that's what? like all the cash we have if we drain all our accounts and everything. I'm like, forty grand. Yeah, no, she I mean she's doing well for herself, but anyway. Forty grand um, liquid. <laughs> I know, and 40 grand that you could just have chilling around your house. Yeah. <laughs> like, Because um, that's my other problem of why I don't ever have money in my wallet, because I'm immediately like, oh, well, I can spend this on this, or I can do this, and it's gone. Like, I, yes, I, I'm with called, Clark. It's called money burning a hole in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with Clark. I, I think people should have $20. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, that's a good amount to have. Just keep on hand. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Clark usually does almost always have, like, cash on him um and if somebody ever doesn't like something's cash only and they don't have cash clark goes do better um <laughs> but uh true story like not not kidding one of my like top five great fears is having my wallet stolen i because i just think about like a what a pain it would be to cancel my credit cards and all of that i think i feel so violated the person would know where i lived they would have my like i had to get a new driver's license i have to file a police report usually like just mine is like snakes and the dark <laughs> or snakes in the dark I, I mean of like you know like things that could happen to me like like one of them is you know getting into a, like an accident with an 18 wheeler on like a highway another one is getting my wallet stolen so and it happened not infrequently in dc mm-hmm. where friends of mine had their wallets stolen um and so i was always like <gasps> um do you want to let's get back let's get back to this Frazier and Roz agree to take over Bulldog's show, which he has the like the eleven to one a.m. slot because Bulldog has to go uh, be with his mom, who's in the hospital about to get bypass surgery. Except that <laughs> I, even though even though he said, "I know I've jerked y'all around before," but this time it's for real. He is once again jerking them around. <laughs> it's fifty. She would. She did it for. She joked around on the phone for fifty bucks in a in a C- case, case of, of Schlitz. Schlitz. Now, mm-hmm. I also like that Bulldog's date he's taking to Vegas is, like, super tall compared to him. It is. Like, she is, like, a head and a half taller oh, than yeah. him. <laughs> and I would love it if every girl that Bulldog is with from here on out is that much taller than him. I don't know why I find that amusing. It, it, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, It's funny. Uh, so, But one thing I said when they agreed to do this is I was like, Frazier, Roz has a baby. Yeah. Like, she's going to have to get a babysitter now from... 
you know, 10.30 to 1.30. And also, like, that's probably, like, prime the baby's asleep and Roz would like to be asleep time. Anyway, I yes. just thought that was really insensitive. And I thought Frasier had a good reason to not do it. Like, Freddie is in town and he wants to spend time with him. Roz has a baby. Anyway, I don't know. That just, that irked me. Um, I, so, they... I, I've got all these notes here of things I liked, which is like Niall sanitizing the balloons. Oh, for the I wrote surprise down. Party. I would do. I, I wrote down. I would do that to balloons. That is one thing that grosses me out about balloons is like the dust that comes on them. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if we did a very cursory Google search, we could find out that, that what that dust is, and it's probably something to keep them from sticking together. I'm sure. I, I'm not saying that like where Niles was like some dust from some Southeast Asian factory. That's not what I'm worried about. It's just it's gross. I did love the bit of like when we were in the foxholes in Korea, we always worried they're going to shower us with balloons. Yes, that was good. Um, I, but I would like to point out that when they surprise Freddie and yell surprise, the balloons are not inflated. They yes. never inflate the balloons. Like, was, it, was that part of the party? It's like, you know, Martin's favorite part of the party is where we all sit around and blow up the balloons. Mm-hmm. Also, like when when they were like, oh, you know, this this isn't this isn't a party. You know, it's just a bunch of us. Like it's a bunch of you know adults here. I was like, this is honestly the lamest thing ever. Yeah. Like they're wearing some weird hats. <laughs> they yell like it looked like a fez. They 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 yell like I was just like, this is really lame. <laughs> it looked like a party for a child who's like in control of their facilities. Like they're in the like two year old range. Yes. You know where it's all adults, but it's like because the kid is not of the ability to have friends at this point. That's what it's felt like. Oh yeah. Like first birthday parties usually have just the only child is the actual birthday kid because it's usually then just the parents and the parents friends. I, I had, I knew parents, some friends that were parents and their deal was always like, however old you are, that's how many of your friends can come to this party. Yeah. I was like, that makes sense. Uh, I also feel like especially the first birthday party is definitely for the parents to congratulate them for surviving a year. Yeah, pretty much. So keeping that kid alive for a year. How old is Frederick at this point, do we think? I want to say he's like seven or eight. Really? Actually, well, maybe eight, maybe eight or nine. But because I guess when we first meet old Frederick, who never returns, I want to say he's like five or six. And that was a few Christmases ago. That's that's Frederick one. Are we on Frederick two or Frederick three? this is Frederick 2. I don't think there is a Frederick okay. 3. Do I, do yeah, I, this, I didn't know if there was another Frederick later. I, I, I mean, again, I haven't seen the final season, as we all know. But as far as I can recall, this is the Frederick that we have for the yes. rest of the series. Uh, I enjoyed the Louis Pasteur cake. I thought it was very well done. And then it's his favorite scientist. It was just very funny. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I would love to have an Albert Einstein cake, just putting that out there in the world. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, my favorite cake is from Society Bakery. It is their strawberry with cream cheese frosting. Society Bakery is in Dallas. No, Everybody no, no. That's not what we're them. talking about. What we're talking about is what scientist you would have on your cake. <laughs> um, I would probably have um, Marie Curie. That's a good know, one. Support the lady, the lady scientist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Catherine Johnson, you know, from Hidden Figures who, you know, helped. She's more of a mathematician, I guess, but oh, well, we'll helped take it. get, you know, John Glenn up in space. Um Anyway, uh, so then Frazier leaves to go to the station. On the way, he stops. Oh, sorry. I just want to throw the one part in that I really found funny, which is Martin going, I've always said it. People are born rotten every year they get worse. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Yes, because Frazier's told them a story about how when he was at the airport, he helped a woman carry her dog crate eight blocks yes. to her car and ends up ruining his favorite jacket in the process. Um, and... 
At which point I'm like, Frazier, maybe like take a break from doing the good deeds. Like, I, yeah. Just... I'm with you. Everybody, everybody, like, Frazier's right. This is a, 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 an instance of the episode being like, Frazier is right. Like, Frazier is doing the good thing and everyone's just walking all over him and everyone else is terrible. I feel like yeah, those are two major yeah. Frasers. It's either Frasier's terrible or everybody else is terrible. Well, and the whole, though, like, don't be a good, you know, what, what is it that Martin says? Like, a good Samaritan is ju- is a good target. Yes. Um, and I feel like that is something that um, I became very cynical about when I lived in D.C. Because you would get stopped. And it became, like, a thing on a local blog where people would write in with the whatever story they'd recently been told from somebody who was asking to borrow money. And the stories were very repetitive and like, mm-hmm. oh, I ran into this person again who... Um, so the point that when somebody asked for help in D.C., I would automatically assume that it was... They, they like it was the money the reason they money was a lie or they were trying to like mug me or something um the only time i really ever helped people is tourists who were very obviously lost who would be like holding maps which i know are also could be muggers but um i yeah. i had I, I would help the tourists i had this situation once where i was like getting gas and someone came up and like hey man my car's uh in trouble uh you know at a gas station like hey man my mm-hmm. car's hurt you know, I, it's, I need you to, I need some help with it. Can you help me? And I started looking around. I go, Oh yeah, sure. Where is it? He's like, it's around that corner over there. And I looked him right <laughs> in the eye. I went, absolutely not. And like got the car and drove off. I was like, and they're like, no, come on. I'm like, no, I know what's happening here. <laughs> like yeah, oh, there yeah, in that corner. No. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> that, uh, the, the Walmart that is closest to my parents. Um, when I, the first time I went there after I moved back to Texas last fall, I was approached going into the store and coming out by people with stories about their cars being broken down. And I want to be like, people, I just moved here from Washington, D.C. If there is one bitch you don't want to mess with in this parking lot, it is me. <laughs> given, given major neck and, and finger. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, I was like, if there's anybody who has an armor up and can, can smell a lie from a mile away. No kidding. I'm from the hardened streets of Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, on the way to the station, Frazier stops and helps an older man change his tire. Um, and, you know, just keeps doing the good deeds. Yes, that is what happens. Well, I'm sorry, I, was, I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and then we have the return of a caller, which is the first guest caller we've had all season. Granted, Frazier has not been employed at the radio station all season. Yes, But we had very few guest callers last season. Yes, 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 yes. Um, To the point that I think in these two episodes, we have almost as many guest callers as the entire fifth season. Definitely, like, uh, as, like we have three guest callers, or I guess four, because it's two people on the phone next episode. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's how many I we've had since midway through five if not earlier you know what i'm saying oh yeah like, it's been a long time well because they really got out of the rhythm of fraser doing his show and that like that was where plot development came from mm-hmm. um so the first caller is a man named steven so again they're doing the late night hour so they're gonna get you know some of the crazies um a caller named steven who says that uh the radio is talking to him mm-hmm. here's voices coming out of his radio uh, Fraser's like what does it say and he goes there it goes again it goes again <laughs> and then when he's like Stephen, he's like, he knows my name. <laughs> yeah, do you remember? Did you um, see who that was? I did. It's Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. I was surprised I didn't recognize his voice. Um, I feel like Ron. Also, he wasn't really doing like the what is it? The joke? The the they weren't or whatever it was. The narrator from uh, 
uh, oh, Arrested Development. Development. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't really doing like, that case. It wasn't. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> That's true. He wasn't, he wasn't doing, um, he, yeah. He wasn't. Narrator, he wasn't. Yes. Um, um, that's still one of my favorite things to, like, I don't know, type in a text message or something. It's like, it's going to be a great date. Narrator, it, it wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> um, and then the second caller is the man whose tire Fraser helped change on the way to the station, Ralph, mm-hmm. who, when Fraser thinks he's calling to say thank you, he is instead calling to tell Fraser that he'll be hearing from his lawyer because Fraser's cufflinks scratched the hell out of his paint job. So ridiculous. I, I, I like how Frazier said, like, how much damage could be done to a car whose side window was made of duct tape and a hefty bag. <laughs> I, I, I caught this voice. This was... This was... I, I didn't catch this voice. Oh, I was I so did. surprised. I'm a big William H. Macy fan. I love him. It was William H. Macy, guys. Um, um, I, and I don't... It's funny. I was about to be like, what should we say William H. Macy is from? And then I'm like, at this point, if you don't know William H. Macy, I don't know what to tell you. He's, like, been yeah. in so many things. Yeah, exactly. I first saw him in Mr. Holland's Opus. He was also in ER. He was in Fargo the movie. He He's in Shameless. Shameless has been on for like 10 years now. I think that's his big thing now. Fargo too. I forgot he was in Mr. Holland's Opus. That's where I ever, first ever saw him. And then he was he had a supporting role in like the first maybe five seasons of ER. Um, it was a recurring role. He wasn't in every episode. But um, yeah, I mean, I would say a great, a great actor of our, of our time. Married to, um, I don't know if she's a felon. I don't know if it was a felony that she went oh. to jail for. But married to Felicity Huffman. Who, I forgot that. Yeah, who went to jail for 14 days for paying $15,000 for someone to take the SATs for her daughter as part of the Varsity Blues uh, ring. So, um, did Now, this is one thing I did want to talk about in this scene was uh, Roz's evening routine. I wrote down Roz's nighttime routine. Yes. I'm curious, uh, Laurel, you're known on this podcast for... Uh, you know, having a, a kind of a, a, a need, I don't want to say needing your beauty sleep, but getting your beauty sleep. <laughs> yeah, and yes, I'm wondering how much, of, of, how much of your how much of Roz's routine, uh, a lot of it did. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I was watching it, I was like, yep, yep. Like, uh, granted, I'm not wearing a lot of makeup, um, really any makeup during this pandemic times. But yeah, you, I mean, you got to take your eye makeup off with the little cotton rounds. Listeners, you can't that, even that tell. She used, that she uses. You got to take your eye makeup off. And then... Um, I don't put on as much, like, I don't know if that was cold cream or, like, nighttime moisturizer. I don't put on as much as she did where it was, like, very thick, like, she was rubbing it in. But, yeah, you got to take off your makeup. You got to then wash your face to get all, like, the makeup and dirt off from the day. Then you've got to, like, start your serums. And, you know, if you're a woman of a certain age, you need to be using a retinol. You need to be using a retinol. And um, then you got to put on some nighttime Jekyll. A night nighttime moisturizer, um, which should be heavier than your daytime moisturizer because it's really it can sink in overnight and everything. Oh, toner! You want to use toner before you do any of your serums and everything. So, and then you know, wrestling look. A a smart a smart woman uses a nice um, some under eye, you know, because under eye is often where aging first starts to block those dark circles and fine lines from an early age. So um, I thought I had looked down to write a note or something, and when I looked up, I saw her doing that with her eyes, and I thought she was like fake crying at Fraser (laughs) for whatever reason, like when he was telling his uh, his his story. I mean, so one thing, I'm not done talking about skincare. Oh, one thing sorry. I will say is that my dermatologist always told me that we are all doing too much, us ladies usually are doing too much to our faces. We're putting too many different things on there and we just don't need that many chemicals and stuff. So, um, you know, just ladies food for thought. Um, anyway, okay, I'm done talking about my nighttime routine. So, 
Uh, then Frazier <laughs> goes. So then we cut to him outside, and it's raining, and there's a woman. Sig- looks like she's kind of signaling to him. Yeah, she's kind of like holding a newspaper over her head or something. Yes. She looks like she's like stranded in the rain. And then we get, I think we've done this a few times, this like weird Sin City film noir voiceover by Frazier where I feel like it doesn't, the scene doesn't call for it, but he does a little of like, who is this woman? Why is she yes. signaling to me? And it just sounds like, you know, have you seen Sin City? No, but I, I know the yeah. gist of what you're suggesting. Yes. The uh, like... She was more legs than Dame, like that kind of weird, like detective <laughs> thing. Um, let's. So he does that, and then he picks her up, and they're driving. And my immediate note was, "Oh God, is this a hooker?" And then, uh. of course, it is. And he gets pulled over by the cops, and he's like, because he, he's trying to get her to out of the car. And I'm saying her for a very specific reason, because this is where I start getting really bummed out by this episode. Um, he gives her the, he gives her money. Cause she's like, well, I, how am I going to get back to my corner? And she, and he says, well, here, have $20, at which point then it's solicitation. And the police pulls him over, gets out of the car, and starts saying something. And he says, I know you, to the hooker. And she says in a masculine voice, oh, leave me alone, or something like that. Yeah, like I'm just, I'm just trying to make a living or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's when and- the show becomes pretty transphobic. <laughs> I, they, I will admit... In it for a '90s television show, it could have been much, much worse. But I guess it was just more of the reflection of what was funny about this scene at the time. And I'm like, well, "Here we go." I, I do. Th- okay, I don't, transphobic seems a little strong. I'm no way trying to defend the show, but I think it was more like the Frasier had been tricked and was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I didn't know that that was a. I didn't know that this was a you know a transgendered person. Um, and like kind of like what, like. It's one thing to also, you know, to be a straight male who gets pulled over for mm-hmm. prost- for solicitation. It's another thing to be a straight male who gets pulled over for prostitution well, with a transgender. Wasn't like, this a thing that kind of happened around this time? Like, didn't it happen to, like, Eddie like, Murphy and Hugh it happen- Grant? It definitely happened to Hugh Grant. I think Eddie Murphy, a similar thing happened. It could, yeah, it could, be, it could be Eddie Murphy as well. So it's, it's um, kind so yeah, of that. It could be ripped from the headlines. Yeah. I, and <laughs> Although I, they were actually intending to solicit a prostitute, whereas this was accidental. But. Yeah. Yes, the, the, the pro- yes, but I, and I will say later when uh, Crystal, we find out her name is, walks by and is like, "Say, say hey, Doctor F- Doctor Crane, sorry I got you in trouble." Like Fraser could not have been more kind to yeah. her. Yeah, he was like, "It's okay, Crystal. These things happen." Yes. And I was like, "What?" I, well, they I liked it because it was very kind. Because the joke then turned around and Martin was like, "Oh God, like what's happening?" Which I did enjoy that whole bit of like Martin being like, "My son, this is my old precinct. Everyone's gonna know," and him yeah. being like, "The like, I support you. I support you. I support you." Like again, I'm not a big fan of this episode mostly because it brings us back to maybe the time when this kind of stuff was considered more for comedy, and we didn't have to look at things like the abuse and 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 violence that transgender people go through nowadays mm-hmm. but like it I, again if you're someone out there who is maybe who, who is a who is trans a transgender person or knows more about this than us please write in tell us yeah what we're doing. But, I, I, w- I would really be curious yeah i um i've i have like some like people from my church in dc who are transgendered and I don't know if I'm just not observant. I don't know if I'm incredibly naive. I don't know if I miss, like, kind of them introducing themselves to the church, but I often did not know they were transgendered. Uh, 
I have have been in those situations before. We've had two people um, come out as transgender in our at our work, um, and it's I think our work has been ridiculously supportive of them. Um, it's very funny because uh, I didn't really know the second person recently very well, so I'm just kind of like, okay, I didn't know you before. Now I'll know you now. And mm-hmm. the other person who did, I can't even remember her. <laughs> like the other day. I, I when it started I was like really you know trying to be like don't refer to her as a him that's incorrect that's that's mm-hmm. wrong not like I was having a problem identifying it's just it's just a remember it's the same thing I have a problem mm-hmm. with gender neutral people I am so ingrained with he or she that I have a hard time mm-hmm. referring to a singular person as they and it takes mm-hmm. me a while like I have a friend who's one of their children is is gender neutral and I've done that to them I'm having a hard time doing it right now and I've been so just like I am so sorry uh, but like, I don't even remember. I don't say, I don't refer to her as a him anymore at all because obviously she's not. And I have completely forgotten what her original name was, which is very interesting to me because I was having a hard time the other way where I, I, I originally kept referring to her as that in my head. Yeah. And it's, well, just, and it's just time. That's all it takes, man. It's just time. Yeah. You no, it, it's it. true. And, and also I think like the, the person I'm thinking of specifically who I went to church with in DC has a very gender neutral name, like Taylor, for example, Mm -hmm. that's not their name. But, um, and so at one point, because I did not know that they were, um, transgender or transitioning, I said, I I was like, yeah, blah, 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 Taylor, he brought whatever. And somebody said, actually like Taylor, just, just so you know, like Taylor prefers to go by them or they. And, um, and I was like, oh, and then they were like, yeah, like, they haven't completed the transition, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, they're doing a great job because yeah. I had no, like, I just, I just literally had no idea that they used to identify as um, female and now are, like, transitioning. Now I was just like, I had no idea. I, I thought that was, I thought that was a guy. So. Well, they yeah, are. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, you're already ahead of the curve. I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was originally always, yes, you know. Yes, um, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, so, but it's also one of those things where I would often say, if I refer to Taylor, I would say, he, they. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I like blurt out the correct pronoun. I so. felt so bad because I, I, I do it. I do it most often because, like I said, I have a hard time with with singular they. And it's, mm-hmm. it, I don't, I, when I say I have a problem with it, I don't obviously mean I have a like, oh, I don't like it. It's just mm-hmm. grammatically, it takes, it, yes. it, it's ingrained in a way that I'm trying to reprogram. And I felt so bad because uh, my friend's, um, <laughs> my friend's child, I couldn't figure out the gender neutral word for like son or daughter. I was like, what the heck is it called? His, his child, uh, they came with us to see, to wrestling and I was so excited because they were there. I was like, oh, yeah, let's do this. It'll be great. You know, like younger generation into wrestling. And then I referred to them as she of time or two. And they were very nice. They're just like they. Like just very quiet. Like mm-hmm, they. And they like kept going. I was like, and I was like so embarrassed. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Which is a very my dad thing I do. I told you about how uh, my dad, my girlfriend before Tara was Sarah and my dad kept referring to Tara as Sarah. And then would oh, like no, have a freak out. Oh, I didn't out. know that. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. He got I, uh, he gets so mad about it. Yeah, let's, so let's, let's try and wrap this one up because I think we're spending a lot of time on it. I do okay. One thing I do on one of Laurel's LOLs for this episode is when Niles goes to bail Fraser out and it's like, "Hello, we'd like to settle up here if you could get our bill ready." <laughs> and I was like, "I think that would be me if I." First of all, have you ever bailed anybody out? Yes. Oh. Um, okay. Now, is that I, a story I, you can share. It's a long story, and maybe we'll go into another time, but. Uh, 
we actually went in to bail two people out and said, well, how much are they? He goes, like, one of your friends is 200 The other one is 2000 And we went, well, we'll be getting the 200 person out. And I guess oh we got to tell our parents about the 2000 person. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I do want to hear that story at some point. But, yes. Um, I'll share yeah, it on, so the, never, on, the, on the pod sometime, but we're running out of time. I've, I've never had to bail anybody out. Um, oh, my God. How's it 447? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, wait, what have we talked about? I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> I think we've done a lot on the episode, strangely enough. This is what happens when okay. we actually talk about the episode. Okay, okay. I'm going to... Uh, okay, anyway, I feel like that's what I would say if I had to bail somebody out. I'd be like, hello, we're ready to close <laughs> out here. Prisoner number 5732. Yes. Um, I, I thought oh, the whole like Lilith uh, strings throughout this one were really funny. Uh-huh. I like the bit at the beginning where they talked about the monkey that bit her tongue, and then later Daphne's like... Uh, does anybody know a Willith? Willith? <laughs> and I was like, what is she saying? And he goes, oh, Lilith. And then I was, it was like, it's one of those jokes where you take a second and then you laugh. Mm-hmm. Like the, there's like a, a hard beat of figuring it out. And it really made me laugh. Let's rate this my, one my, and get on to the next one. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, this all ends up, it turns out that the whole prostitute thing was a like worst case scenario daydream of Frazier's. Yes. Um, as when he saw the woman waving, it turns out the woman waving when he offers her a ride is a woman who lives in his building. And yes. it's like, great. Um, okay. We're going to rate this one. I'm going to give this, um, I'm going to give this like six sanitized balloons. Uh, I'm going to give it five coconut death masks, which is what he refers to the Louis Pasteur cake as. Yeah. I thought that was a pos- bit of an extreme uh, <laughs> description. It was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, there's something I wanted to talk about in the middle here. I don't think we have okay. any, any, any stuff, but I want to say, like I was saying, I didn't really care for either of these two. I, like, I thought they were kind of unpleasant. Like, the, the, I'm sorry, I, wait, what did you just rate this last one? What was the rating? Five coconut five? death masks. Okay. Um, but I will say I did have some laugh out loud moments while watching these episodes, neither of which had to do with Frasier. So I'm going to talk to you now quickly about the two commercials I saw on Hulu that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> The first one was one for, I believe, Geico. And it starts off, and there's a woman reading a magazine, and it just goes, Tara. And I went, what? And I like looked at it. He goes, are you blah, blah, blah with your insurance? And I got really nervous for Because then it goes, because Adina Menzel is here speaking of Wicked, to sing to you a song about your insurance. She's like, Tara, Tara, Tara. And I just started laughing real hard. Have you seen that commercial? No. I, I, again, I don't, I don't have commercials on anything, so oh, okay. I don't. So, the Hulu commercial, the way it starts, it just goes Tara. But he says it in such a weird way, and they, for a long time they don't mention her name again. That I went, oh my god, is this some sort of like they like know personalized commercial? Yes, and I was like, <laughs> and I was getting really like scared and upset and like disturbed. And I'm like, here we go. Is this what this is? Is this what we're doing now? They the Geico has recorded eight million names, and anyway, so that made me laugh. The other one was what I have described here on. Um, my note says e-harmony porn for ladies. Have we talked about the the men cuz we've talked about how yes. all the commercial was all the women. Have we talked about the men version? No. It is it is so like I don't know if it was written by a woman or if it was written by a man who wanted to like this is what a woman wants. And but it's it's like all these guys like chopping vegetables but like doing it with like a lot of muscles <laughs> and being like, "Hey, I'm just, you know, like all this stuff like I, women want them to do. But the mm-hmm. way it starts off is this guy is like at a, at a picnic or something, like catches a ball and turns around, looks at the camera, goes, I love sports, but I don't like to play games. And I was like <laughs> laughing so loud. <laughs> like it was so ridiculous. 
So, that reminds me of, I need to post this in the group. There is some website, or maybe it's a, it was an Instagram account. I need to find it called LL Bean Husband, which is basically like taking all of the men from LL Bean catalogs and I feel like, like you don't have to describe them. anything else. You're just like, it was called LL Bean Husband. I'm like, I know exactly what this is. I know mm-hmm. exactly the, the aesthetic. Perfect. It's great. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so the next one is season six, episode 12, Our Parents Ourselves. Uh, Frasier close parentheses for no reason is a wannabe cupid when he arranges a supposedly chance meeting between martin and Roz's visiting mother but the love arrow gets bent when frazier learns that his father can't stand the the old gas bag okay i just wow I just, <laughs> that's not, that, that is the nomination for description of the season yeah so, um I, okay, over, I know you said you didn't enjoy these two episodes. This is an episode that I remembered fondly, and as I rewatched it, I was like, oh, I don't like this episode. I was the same way. I think I was really excited when I, the thought of Martin and Roz's mom getting together, because I was like, this, like, that feels like something you could do at the beginning of a season, and bring in Roz's mother as, like, a full-time recurring character, and then that Mm -hmm. becomes a big thing through the season, is, like... What does that mean? Like, they start off in his cute, but what does it mean? Yeah. And then yeah. it just didn't do it. And I also didn't like Mar- the way Martin acted was so rude. I agree. I felt like that was really out of character. I also didn't like the dynamic of Roz and her mom where she was like, I'm the screw up and here I am screwing up again because I set my mom up with your dad and she's not going to like him. And she was like talking about all the things. I was just like, I don't. I mean, obviously, everybody has low self-esteem at different times, but I was like, this is such a big change yeah. from the confident Roz that we see. And I know that, like, when people get around their families, they, like, revert to, you know, old roles and stuff like that. But I was just kind of like, I just don't... But it felt like they didn't really commit to that idea. It just felt yeah. like they were using it as an excuse for why Frazier couldn't flat out say, my dad doesn't like your mom. Yes, yes. Also... I don't know if you clocked this, but Roz had had gotten a little hair color touch up. Her hair color was very rich and vibrant mm. in this episode. I was I was liking her hair these last two episodes, but I don't mm-hmm. know if I, I I don't know it's, if I'm super like if I catch on to hair to color stuff. I think her hair has been styled really like flatteringly in these last two episodes. Nice mm-hmm. nice volume, nice bounce. It seems light, good shape. <laughs> um, I also but we. Oh, I, I also, this is the first time we've actually met Roz's mother, right? Correct, yes. But I just don't think she lived up to, at least in my opinion, who the, the Roz's mom I saw in my mind, which is more of like a super confident, like, go out and like get a him. Like It was like, it's like Roz, if Roz had more confidence in her job and ability. And I think Roz has a lot of confidence in a lot of things, but sometimes she's a little neurotic. I have always imagined Roz's mom as being like, oh, I just stepped out and I did what I wanted and that's why I'm, what is it, Lieutenant... Governor, uh, attorney, attorney, attorney general, general of Wisconsin. Of, yeah. yeah. I, you yeah. know, and she just kind of came out. She's like, yeah, I'm Roz's mom. Like, that's how she just felt. The, oh, yeah, I'm Roz's mom. And then they use this as a joke of she knew all these, like, dairy facts. Like, it's just, it was a real disappointment. I, I, I went yeah. into this one wanting more than I got. Um, I did like the way this one started, though, with a husband and wife calling in, or a wife calling in to Frasier to, uh, complain about her husband wanting to watch the Super Bowl without any of her friends like not allowing her to bring over friends which was yes yes and did you um, immediately know who the caller was because I did I don't know who Marlo Thomas is she sounds familiar but why can't I place her 
I know Marlo Thomas from playing Rachel's mom on Friends, and she's also on the St. Jude's commercials. Um, her dad is Danny Thomas, yes. who started St. Jude's okay, Hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's the woman who's like, St. Jude's Hospital for Children. Yes. Um, but I know her best as Rachel's mom on Friends, and she is married in real life to Phil Donahue, who plays her husband on this. Really? Um, He's the caller. Yeah. So yeah. When, I read, when I wrote down Marlo Thomas and I heard her husband in the background, I was like, oh, I bet that's Phil Donahue. I bet he's going to come in. And then at well, the end, it was like Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue. The funny thing is, I assumed that the, these actors were married. And I'll tell you why. Because I went, oh, they're getting them on the phone at the same time. They must be married because they have to be in the same house. What with the quarantine? And I'm like, no, no, no. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to like slowly kind of remember what was happening. I mean, I, I feel like I just watched the thing the other day where it's a bunch of uh, famous actors redo the princess bride which have you seen that video oh no i need to see that i'll i'll we'll, i'll send it to you we'll post it it's it's yeah post it in the group it's really good and then the, the very end is very heartwarming and you'll see why but it's like that's what it feels like is it's like every once in a while there's two actors in the same room at the same time and i go oh they must be married <laughs> like yeah so yeah i mean as you know um i think i know like we talked about it on the show but um I recently found out, like, I don't know, maybe in March or April, that Clark Gregg, from, who plays Agent Coulson in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing yes, we were married. About that, yeah. And then and I, I found this out that two months later they announced they were getting divorced. And I was like, what? I just realized y'all were married. I thought but they were friend- last forever. I, I did. I thought they were really cute together in those two months. Um, but you, you know my friend Tommy from Trivia. He mm. and I were talking about... Uh, Chelsea Peretti from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Jordan Peele and how like I loved them both separately and then when I when they got married I didn't even know they were dating when they got married and like my head exploded they were pretty I was like, quiet <laughs> about it yeah yes and they even eloped like it yeah. was it's all been pretty quiet but I just like my head just like exploded I was like how 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 can you have that much talent I was, in one couple <laughs> I was really worried when you started telling the story because I didn't know if the end was it and now they're getting divorced I was like no no no, no don't do this as far, to me. as far as I know no as far as I mean they had, they and, just and had a kid, out, which, I think yeah, they did a few years ago. Tommy oh, and I were talking so about this. That we, we were like, we, we, we said we needed a couple to replace Will Arnett and Amy Poehler as like mm-hmm. one of the funniest couples, you know, out there. And we're like, thankfully, Jordan Peele and Chelsea Peretti stepped up. Um, so, anyway, uh, I liked the bit with "This is my other son." Oh, hello, Eddie. Yes. And then I liked the bit with. Uh, Niles having like a whole nother life at the Shangri-La, but it wasn't like they came in and made fun of them. They're like, Hey, coyote. Like they really- I love, I love stories of how people get nicknames. And so I loved him being like, first it was Niles. Then it was Nilesy, then Niley, the Niley coyote. And well, now just the coyote. <laughs> I feel like they did this in the, they, they do. There's, there's an office episode where he comes in and calls Pam something. And they're like, why do you call her that? And it's Michael. And he does something where it's like some long way to get there. Yeah, I think he calls her Pamster, maybe. It's it's something, but they walk through it like that. I, I don't remember, but I do remember them. Yeah. For some reason, I wrote Big Tuna, but that's not it. Because Big Tuna is, one day I came in and had a, tin, a tuna sandwich. And yeah, now, like on my first day, I tuna. ate a tuna sandwich. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm also, well, as you know, because I'm watching along with Office Ladies, mm-hmm. I'm like right in the like early, early Stanford branch, early Ed Holmes and Rashida Jones being on the show. So I'm still finding the office ladies delightful uh y'all wondering the the last note i have before it goes to oh boo this sucks ugh like those kind of notes is the bit where they're talking about we didn't have to worry about cholesterol we only had to worry about this isn't this and the h-bomb like that really made me laugh 
I enjoyed, though, when, when Niall says that last night he ate a profiterole and lay awake waiting for his heart attack. This reminded me of when you, Tara, and I went to Pluckers back oh, last God. fall. Oh, <laughs> God. We all texted each other about how we were dying. We were all... I don't know why. I, I mean, I didn't suffer any ill effects during my job interview, but I, it was the night before I had my job interview for my current job. And the next morning after my interview and everything, we were texting about how we all, like, y'all were like, we were up all night. We didn't feel well at all. Yeah. And I was like, I still have heartburn. Yeah. And... Tara, um, Tara then, has sworn off pluckers, which is the worst. Like, I haven't had pluckers, I don't think, since then. But I, as soon as this thing's over, I'm getting no, the biggest plate. No, you did. Because after we did a quarantine happy hour, y'all ordered pluckers and I ordered pluckers. That's at least, right. I think, at least I know I did. And the next morning, I was like, I can't. I, I'm with Tara. I can't ever. I don't think I can ever have pluckers again. Which is a bummer because, like, I, I, I love it. But yeah. My, my body does not. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think the I'm, only reason I've gotten away with eating it is because I make her eat it, too, so she doesn't know, like, this is going to be very rude, but I let's just say the room stinks more when I have pluckers, and I oh, think okay. <laughs> maybe. See, for, for me, it is not so much digestive distress it is, as it is hellacious Oh, heartburn. it's everything, like, okay. top to bottom. <laughs> like, it's the whole process <laughs> is an issue. There's no there's no point between mouth and the other part <laughs> where it's like, oh, this went well. <laughs> like, every step of the way is a nightmare. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's, oh, yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, I think the only thing I can get there now is, like, their chips and queso and, like, their fries. And, like, that's pretty much oh, it. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying is when this thing's over, I'm going there. I'm eating the biggest thing of wings I can do. And I'm just going to be like, this was worth it. Ugh. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Then the then the show, just the the, high, the only high point of this episode is Daphne watching the Miss, what, Miss Universe pageant. And yes. talking about, Tramp. like, all of the contestants. <laughs> yeah. Or when, she, when she's like, the pandering to the international judges. The, the, what is it? Like, the German contestant is singing Lady of Spain on the French horn. Yes. <laughs> and then at one point, she says tramp. And they're like, what? And she's like, Miss Venezuela. Her dress is cut so high, you can see Caracas. Yes, that I was the one I remember. With that. <laughs> the rest of it is just, I think a lot of the characters are acting out of character. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Martin, Martin is entirely is gross, too mean. Is gross too yeah. when he gets in the back with Bonnie. Oh yeah. Who I was looking up who that actress was. Have you ever seen the movie Legend, where it's like, like Tom Cruise? Like, and, oh, oh, I'm, that's I that's am. I am Legend. Tom Cruise, um, and it's like a it's like a fantasy movie, and then Tim Curry plays the devil, and he's got no. the, okay. Well, this woman played a goblin in it, and I was like, oh. And it was like this amazing amount of makeup. I'll send you a picture of Tim Curry as the devil. It, that's probably the best part about this movie, and just seeing it, and you're going, wow, like the makeup is pretty amazing. I, I mean, I I mean, Tim Curry, you know, he's in he's in Rocky Horror, and he's in Home Alone, but he's also in It, which <laughs> scarred me for life. Um, so I'm very hit or miss. Wait. He didn't die, did he? Tim no, Curry? he had he had some strokes, and I think for a long time he wasn't doing well. But I don't think he's passed. I don't know if he's doing better, but I think it's okay. he's he's very much retired. The last thing he was in is okay. when they did the live Rocky Horror on like Fox, and he was the one who like there was like in the movie there's the the character that's just explaining everything, like the narrator. Okay. I think he did that. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. That's it. End. And and yep. and that's it. Um, yep. <laughs> you want to write oh, this? Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we do have one thing at the end, which I am actually so I, I want to get your thoughts on. Um, Fraser, you know, and Roz are just talking um, after the whole thing is blown up, and Roz's mom learns how Martin really feels about him, 
And Mar and Fraser says, I think maybe one of the reasons I wanted this to work out is I see my dad here alone, and I think that that might be forgot about this me. And Roz is like, I know what you mean. There's all these old women in my building who want to watch Alice, and I feel like they just want companionship. And so they kind of talk about making a marriage pact. They're getting together. Um. So here's my question: Do you know of anybody who has made a marriage pact, or only on TV shows and in movies? Um. I mean, I think jokingly i have i like but i think it's because of tv and movies you know like it's a, mm -hmm. it's a reference to that it's kind of like to me what the little like little black books are like yes you might assume that everybody has them because they're talked about so much on tv that they're like well i might as well have one yeah only Isn't that one the... has been proposed to me slightly jokingly and yeah I, I, and it was also to get if we were both single by the age of 30 and i was like 30 <laughs> I was like, you know, like 50? <laughs> what if we're both single in the next five minutes? Let's agree to... <laughs> well, I, and I love Roz's where she's like, what, if we haven't found anybody in the next 40 years? And I was like, 40? Y'all think y'all are going to be alive in 40 years? That's great, but... I mean, I'd make that pact if in 40... If you had a friend of yours and you're like, we're both 80 <laughs> and we're not married at that time. But at this point, Fraser's like 43 or 44. This is the 90s. He Kelsey needs... Grammer's lived a rough life, yes. so... I, you can just write her into your will at that point. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. But anyway, I just thought that was, I was like, huh, I don't remember that at all. Um, okay, yeah, I'm ready to rate this episode. I'm going to rate it four fun onions. I'm going to give it five something formerly ham. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, well, that's that's it for these two episodes. <laughs> I feel like we we still are within time because we barreled through that last one so fast. But uh, if you guys have thoughts on this these episodes or or Wicked, or want to dive into uh, my problems with having things performed for me, uh, you can send us an email, C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S at gmail.com. We're at Craniacs on Twitter. Check out Craniacs, a Frasier podcast on Facebook, and give us a five-star review on... I'm really, like, concentrating on saying it. I like that whole time. I, like, I, can, Frasier, I can tell. Frasier, Frasier. I can tell. <laughs> uh, give us a five-star review on Overcast, Spotify, uh, Stitcher or iTunes or any place else you find us, uh, give us the highest review. It really helps us out. But if you feel like giving us a four star lore review or Laurel review is what I feel like I just said, a <laughs> uh, four star lower review, Laurel might have a suggestion for a better I, way to spend your time. I do, everybody. Um, you know, I'm always on the forefront of the hot new shows and just making recommendations for things. That's right the laurelist point of the episode. <laughs> I'm always when on the forefront. I mean, I mean, I don't know if y'all remember, I was talking about Shit's Creek before it got nominated for Emmys. I was telling people to watch Fleabag. You know, that's just, just it's just how I roll. So I want to tell you about this comedy that I have recently uh, really added to my catalog that people need to be watching. Um, and it is called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, you're really at the and forefront of that one. <laughs> it is sarcasm. That's what makes it funny. <laughs> Full disclosure, I watched the first season when it was first on way back when. And I enjoyed the first season. And then for some reason, I never picked it up again when the second season started. Um, I think, I want to say I had DVR at the time. Shows you how long ago this was. And that a bunch of episodes piled up on the DVR. And I just kind of went, oh, you know, I'm never going to get around to watching these. So I just deleted it. Um, so I've now gone back and I'm now on, uh, maybe halfway through season three. Um, guys, I am sorry that I have not been watching it this whole time. I am glad that it's still making new episodes. I just completely find the show to be a complete delight. I try very hard to pick a favorite character and it reminds me a lot of Parks and Rec where I can't pick a favorite character because I love them all at different times. Well, it's the same um, show creator. Yes, I, I know that. Okay. Um, so... 
yeah, I just, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's on Hulu. I don't have commercials on Hulu, so an episode goes by mm-hmm. in like 22 minutes. And um, somebody told me like, Hulu. <laughs> I mean, you're just jealous. So. <laughs> yes, that's exactly um, what's happening. But I, I've had a few people say, oh, I don't, I don't want to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I don't, I don't really like Andy Samberg or something yet. I'm like, He's delightful. first of all, I am I, I, neutral on Andy Samberg in general. And I'm like, he's great on this show. And also the show has like seven other characters who, I mean, yes, he is probably gets, gets the most like plot and screen time, but you, you don't have to like Andy Samberg to like the show. Andre Brar in this show is Amazing. like chef's kiss good. He is just when I think he can't get any better. He is perfect. I love him. I love his husband. I love Terry's wife, Marin Dungey. Oh, Cheddar. Yes. I mean, you, you know that Cheddar IRL. What? Died. Cheddar. The dog that played Cheddar died. A moment. Dun, dun, dun. It's a moment of silence. I was going to do, I was doing taps. It, uh, it's over. You've ruined it. Cheddar is rolling in his doggy grave. Well, I, I don't think Cheddar on the show has died. I think, no. like, they're probably just going to bring in another dog. Um, but I just, I don't know. I love, again, I love everybody on the show. I am sorry that I've not been watching it all these years. Um, I find it to be truly delightful. Um, and it's just, it's the balm that my soul needs right now. So I guess my challenge to everybody is to find a comedy that you have been saying, I don't know if that's for me, and just give it another try. Maybe during quarantine, you'll change your mind. <laughs> Yeah, may, well, maybe that's maybe maybe Frasier. Frasier's a good one. Well, they're, if they're listening to this, I kind of hope they're already watching Frasier. Well, I don't know. Some people seem to be jumping in at episode seventy-four, so who knows? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. I'm seeing that from this uh, episode description, it's a it might be a special episode. I don't know if you've seen what the oh, next I, episode is. I haven't seen what the next episode. The show is. where Woody shows up. Oh, so okay. for all you, all you, uh, all you, uh, cheers, cheers fans, fans up there, uh, we'll see you next week. But until then, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all.